impact and fixed spec, this is Founders Anonymous, the podcast that helps you move your business up a gear. I'm your host, David Trott. And I'm Chris Lees. Welcome to Founders Anonymous. I'm David Trott and coming up this week, social media. Why is it so dreadful? Lee Hurst, why is it so dreadful? And in a brand new segment, we ask, what's been distracting you from everything dreadful this week? (laughs) With me is my ever-patient co-host, Chris Lees. How's your week been, Chris? You know what? It's been an absolute roller coaster. It's only Thursday, and I feel like this week has gone on for about two years already. Uh, Lots of things going on in my personal life, lots of ups and downs in business life, and uh, a strange stalking episode, which I might talk to you about in a little bit. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> Roller coaster. <laughs> <laughs> Social media, it's like the world's worst conference call, right? Nobody's on mute. Everything's absolutely awful. David, can you break it down for us? What's going on? So here's the thing about social media. Um, the big question that I always ask whenever we work with a new brand is... Would you personally, would you follow your own social media account? Like if you look at the content that you've been putting out on your social media feed, would you be interested in it? I've got to guess the vast majority of people are going to say no to that. Yeah, they're going to say no. And the thing is, if you wouldn't give a shit, why would you expect anyone else to, whether it's your audience or not? Hmm. And I don't understand. What, what's the point? Why are we just pumping out all this crap for people to ignore? Do you, do you find that people are, air quotes, excited about the stuff we're pumping out because that's what we're paid to do in our jobs? Nobody's really passionate a lot of time about the latest accounting software package and how it optimized <laughs> payroll accounting. Like Nobody's really passionate about that. But, you know, we, we put on this veneer of being excited about it because we think it's an interesting intellectual innovation that other people should be excited about, right? Yeah, absolutely. So this this all comes down to the one big question, um, which is what's in it for me? Right. Okay, this is the only thing that people care about. Mm. Um, so you'll get, you'll get things like content that's put out on LinkedIn by another brand and you will interact with that content because you think it makes you look smart and well-informed because you're interacting with it. Yeah. Or it makes you look like you're ahead of the curve. But again, the, the same rule applies. It's what's in it for me. You're interacting with that piece of content because you think it makes you look good or you want to be noticed by that company or right. you want to be seen by your peers as the one that's, you know, ahead of all the trends. Yeah. Um, and again, it just it all comes down to that self-focus. What's in it for me? What, what am I getting out of this? Yeah. And those, those brands that are putting the content out, like this accounting software that's putting content out, They've got two ways of approaching this. They can either think, right, what can we put out that makes us look good? Mm. Or they can think, what can we put out that lets other people look good? And that's the difference. That's the twist. Right. Um, And it's the difference between, you know, putting out a a post that's all, oh, look how, look at this new VAT return function Look how quickly it calculates this. Great. Who gives a shit? Um, whereas if it's about them, it's about, look, here's how you save time on your VAT return. Here's how you reclaim four hours every quarter through not having to do this. Is it always the case that there is a, something that they can, 
they can benefit from. I've kind of I've struggled with this for quite some time actually about sometimes it's very difficult to, to flip the advantages of what it is that you're doing to make sure that your audience really understands how it benefits them. We're in the business of efficiency software, right? And, and so the obvious question is, oh, how much time does your software save me? Yeah. And, and I say, well, how long does it take today? And they say, I don't know. <laughs> and then I'm just, I'm just snookered, right? Because I can't, I can't tell them how much time we're going to save them because they can't tell me how, much, how painful it is today. I mean, you can't, you can't solve a problem for someone that isn't aware of the problem they have. Right. right? So there's got to be some sort of awareness but even then you like you can you can solve that problem for them without going into specifics like saying that it's going to save them time or it's going to save them stress or it's going to save them this headache or it's going to impress their boss or it's going to make their working life much less stressful or more right. enjoyable like all of that is is good stuff and it is all crucially focused on them rather than look at my software look at what it does right okay so that that sort of takes care of the what's in it for me, side of things. Um, but it has quite a particular flavor on social media because, because of the way people use social media. Um, and people go on social media generally in their downtime okay. when they're having their lunch or when they're waiting for the adverts to finish on the TV or something. They're going on it on their downtime. Nobody's waking up every morning going, oh, bloody hell. I can't wait to see what Coke have put out on Twitter this morning. Like nobody yeah. is, is going to social media to look at content from brands. Right. Um, which brings us to, brings to the question, what, what do people want brands to do on social media? Um, and is that what they're doing? Mm -hmm. why, why would you follow a brand on social media? I mean, do you follow brands on your social media accounts? Uh, honestly, no. Uh, the only people that I might follow on my on my social media accounts are people who uh, essentially might be putting out a piece of content that I can retweet or otherwise use. So this brings us on to the heart of today's content, which is that all of social media needs to be one of two things. It needs to either solve something for the person that's reading and consuming the content or it needs to entertain them. Okay. Okay. So I'm in this membership group called Atomic by um, a couple of guys up in Newcastle called Andrew and Pete. And the way they talk about this, I think is really impressive. So they talk about content in the sense that it needs to make someone either smarter or happier. And point number two is what we've just spoken about, which is the what's in it for me. Is, is there a part of social media generally that is educating people about the pain that they feel? And some people say, well, look, part of, part of my job is to educate people on the size of that pain. Mm. So it's not just about educating them on the solution. It's also about identifying for them the problem. Yeah, it's, it's the old rule of you, you highlight a problem and then you agitate it to okay. really sort of make them focus on on the problems that could be solved. So mm. it's a fundamental part of marketing. It's a fundamental part of sales. I'm less convinced that it has that important a role on social media right. other than the sort of superficial introductory 
um, here's a problem that you might have experienced. Because in many ways it comes off as negative, doesn't it? It's, it does. It's like it's a, you know, here's a problem you've got, you know. Yeah, let me spend 10 minutes explaining to you why your life's shit. Yeah. All right, I mean, nobody's nobody wants that. It's not yeah. making them smarter. It's not making them happier. It's not entertaining them. Right. Okay. Um, you might have a solution that solves that, that makes everything brilliant for them, and it's all sunshine and roses. But that first point, the whole oh my God, do you spend every day dreading the phone going because you know it's your boss who's going to kick off because this bit yeah. of work is taking you far too long and you wake up in a cold sweat um, and sometimes you can't get to sleep at night because you're so stressed about your boss and you really wish you'd take a sick day just to get out of it. Like that, fine. I, mm. I get the theory behind it, but it's a piece of social media content. It's just appalling, right? Yeah. I'm not going to follow that brand because it yeah. makes me feel shit about my own life. Yeah. I think there is a role for it to answer your question, but I think it has to be really short and sweet the real plus point is what comes after okay which is the here's a solution or here's something entertaining yeah right here's a way to make yourself smarter here's a way to make yourself happier here's a way to be entertained yeah okay so what i want to do is just i want i want you to take a look at my twitter feed because everyone's social media feeds are different because we all follow different accounts and we're, the algorithm works in different ways for us so are we are going to swap right you're going to look at my i mean twitter if, feed as well yeah i mean if you are which is, which is mostly you david but, <laughs> but okay <laughs> if uh, you're prepared to do that let's do it let's um, do it. right here we go chris now has my phone uh, okay rick burring okay <laughs> Uh, let's see. There's lots of... Uh, okay. All right. Um, lots of promoted tweets right at the top. Uh, something here from Nat Guest. Batley and Spen sounds like an incompetent petty crime duo. So that's like... You, entertainment is clearly high on your Twitter feed here. Uh, <laughs> Nat is incredibly good on Twitter. She is very funny. Yeah, it looks, looks good. I mean, it's... And so is Rick, actually. He's well worth a follow as well. So, so like, you know, scrolling about this, there, there seems to be a mix that I kind of, I recognize, which is some people on Twitter who are very, very funny and absolutely deserve people following them because they are saying things that are witty and funny and adding to a, a good discourse, right? And then there are, there's a mixture of somewhat dry looking, clearly promoted adverts. I mean, there's one yeah. here from Metro Bank, for example, which is, I don't know, people like walking through East London streets and high-fiving because they've just gone to a Metro Bank branch. <laughs> Doesn't make any sense to me whatsoever. <laughs> One of the classic lady at a, a whiteboard with loads of post-it notes. Uh, you know, I, I'm not even excited about reading that one, nope. to be honest. So yeah, I recognize this type of mix. Yeah. What about, so what do you think of mine? <laughs> Right. So, I mean, you've identified, first of all, that the majority of your Twitter feed is me, <laughs> which I'm not, I'm not sure how I feel about that. Okay. There's a lot of finance stuff here. Fintech Scotland. Yeah. And um, that's Innovate Finance retweeted that. Um, some, you follow, you follow startups as a topic and some, yeah, some memes and comics about open source developing right so like what stands out to me on this is i've i've scrolled straight past the the stuff about finance i've gone straight to the memes and to be honest i think i had the same reaction on yours yeah exactly so you're you naturally want to seek out the content that mm. that is entertaining yep. right um 
you're not going to look for content that makes you smarter or happier in terms of digital marketing because that's not your field. And equally, I'm not. I'm going to sort of scroll past the stuff that would otherwise make me smarter or happier about finance and fintech because that's not my field. Mm. Um, but equally, you can see you get that flavour straight away that this is a good tweet versus this is a dry, boring tweet. Yeah. Okay. So it just makes sense that as a brand putting out content, that's where our focus needs to be. Mm. And if we're not doing that, then what are we doing? Are we putting stuff out that is just going to get ignored, that's just going to get scrolled past mm. and then look at our stats at the end of each week and go, God, that looks shit, doesn't it? Yeah. Why am I doing this? So so interestingly, last week I asked you the question of should should we be focused on funny things in our social media uh, feeds? And your answer was, don't try to be that funny because... Chris, your humor is not the same as everybody else's humor, which is absolutely true. <laughs> so, but. That my message? Is that, but everyone else try and be funny, but Chris, you specifically. Yeah, don't yeah try should, not, should not be funny. But, the, um, but, but in many ways, what you're saying now is actually, it's a refinement on that message. Let's call it that, to be generous. Yeah, don't just be funny for the sake of being funny. Okay. Like, don't just put out memes that are just crap. Yeah. Generic catch-all memes that have nothing to do with your brand. Um, because if you're trying to appeal to everyone's sense of humor, then you're going to get it wrong because everyone's sense of humor is is different. Yeah. Um, what we're talking about today is is looking for a way to deliver your brand and your brand message in a way that is entertaining. Okay. Okay. So that's slightly different in that you can you can do things that are funny, right? If yeah. you go back to Walty Dry Cleaners, they do a lot of stuff that is funny content about dry cleaning right yeah. i know that sounds ridiculous but they manage it yeah now that is brilliant yes like if yeah. you can pull that off that's that's just superb um and it's about looking at the sort of content that you want to put out and thinking is there a way to do this in an entertaining way yeah okay yeah so what i would suggest that we all do as business owners is go and we look at our social output and we ask ourselves those three questions is this entertaining? Is it making my target audience smarter? Is it making my target audience happier? If it's not, then your challenge is you need to pick one of those three things. Pick one of those three things and then reimagine your content along those lines. Right. As, as you were saying that, I was, I was just thinking, okay, well, what if we take a really dull, boring business like our, you know, VAT accounting system? And, you know, and we try to think about how we make that, that funnier. And the thing that kind of came to, to my um, head was Expensify. It's like it's an online expense uh, claim system, right? Which yep. on the face of it, let's face it, that's dull and boring, right? And I'm like, how would you take a company like that and make it exciting, right? And I'm desperately trying to scroll through my phone to find the name of the actor who was in uh, Parks and Recreation. I forget his name, but he, his character was a dull boring accounting person who was like a real rule follower like that was his persona and i remember this time that expensify hired him to play that character in a video so they did a spoof music video of a rapper who was spending money like it was going out of fashion and him in his little accounting persona following around like with a calculator going have you got a receipt for that <laughs> right that is is absolutely brilliant because uh, just as you say, it is, it's clearly associated with what they're trying to say, but they're almost poking fun at themselves. Yeah. Um, and, and that becomes an entertaining thing for people to look at, right? Yeah, exactly. And that's, that's the challenge, right? 
And if, if this sort of feels unfamiliar, if you're thinking about how you create social content for your business and and you're not doing this step, then that's that's potentially a big problem, right? Mm. Um, and that's the, the, the kind of the key message that I just want to drive home is that this needs to be your sole focus when you approach social media. Right. So it needs to be about your audience. It needs to be how you entertain them. It needs to be how you make them smarter or you make them happier. Yeah. Um, there are there are social accounts out there that are genuinely entertaining. Mm. And I talk about them all the time. Yeah. Right. And then there are businesses that don't do this. And not only do I not talk about them, but I couldn't even tell you who they were. They're that yeah. forgettable. It, it's got to be it's got to be one of those things where there's there's a corporate policy, right? The bigger the company you are, the harder it is to agree an internal policy that says this is going to be our public persona. Yeah. That we are going to be funny and jokey like this. I I always think about you know I, I don't know if it's Burger King or or one of, it's like one of the burger chains at least that does this better than the other ones. Maybe it's Wendy's. It is Wendy's. And and they have. A, a deliberately friendly, jokey, you know, welcoming persona in their social media accounts that is probably getting them way more followers than, you know, even bigger firms like Burger King or, or McDonald's. Yeah, absolutely. Um, the great thing about Wendy's is they they are in a position where they can punch up. You know, they're not the market leader. If yeah. McDonald's tried to do the sort of stuff that Wendy does, the, the sort of acerbic, um, slightly snarky, but very funny content, it would just die on its ass yeah. because they're the market leader and everything they would do in that regard would be punching down and nobody likes punching down. Yeah. Um, whereas Wendy's have, have this, this ability to, to be a bit acidic, a bit snarky, and it works really well for them. Um, but you raise a really interesting point about, about the sort of approval process. And, and if you are always seeking one, two, three, four layers of management approval, for a piece of content, then you lose the sort of momentum of social media, which is all immediate and it drives forward at quite a pace. Um, so what, you know, if you don't have that classic approval process, then what you need in place are guardrails. Mm. So you can talk about these sort of things, avoid these topics. Um, these are our, our sort of core principles, i.e. we always punch up, we never punch down. Um, you, you create those rules and you give those parameters to your social media agency or your social media team or you personally um, and that's what you use for your account mm, yeah now i i've changed the way that impact uses twitter a lot over the past two years um so three four years ago it was all about sharing content that i thought would make people smarter yeah so i'd curate articles and share them and i'd write content myself that that helped people to do stuff and i'd just share that and that's great because it was making people smarter, but it was quite dry because none of it was entertaining. Yeah. So over the past couple of years, I've decided bollocks to it. I'm going to bring my personality into this. I cannot tell you the number of people that warned me against bringing my personality into the business brand, which I, I should be offended by, but I'm not. And so the sort of content that I put out now is very reflective of me as a person because that's what you get when you deal with impact. You know, yeah. the, the business that I run is quite reflective of <laughs> God help us all of me and my personality. And what, what's that done to your following, to the, to the way that you're perceived in the market? Well, what it has done is meant that people know what they're getting when they deal with impact. Okay. Right? So the conversations that I have with prospects are a lot more informed. Um, and you've almost taken a few steps. <laughs> 
God, I'm going to sound like the cheesiest arsehole. You've almost taken a few steps down the path of friendship before you even begin. <laughs> right. <laughs> so you've, you've, you've formed that connection with people early on. On the flip side, we've definitely lost prospects as a result of my personality. Um, but maybe they, they would have become problem clients. Well, maybe they would have done. If, if I there mean, was a, who knows? You know, a difference of opinion about vision, then that may, may not be a good client for you anyway. Yeah. Um, I mean, it's... Yeah. <laughs> who knows? It just I think part of getting older is, is you just... You stop caring so much if people mm. don't like you. Um, but anyway, so that... In a nutshell, I think, for businesses, that's the social media challenge. Right, yeah. so you go back, you look at your content. Is it entertaining? If it's not, figure it out. Is it making people smarter? If it's not, figure it out. Is it making them happier? If it's not, figure it out. And yeah. it is all about your entire focus is on your audience, not on yourself. Yeah. Interesting. That's really useful. Contradicts cool. everything you said last week. Absolutely. Ah. Yeah. <laughs> Tune in next week where we'll say something completely different. <laughs> I think we need to move on to our, our recurring theme in this podcast, which is we find out what's raised David's blood pressure this week. So, David, what ails you? <laughs> right. Lee Hurst. Do you remember Lee Hurst? Yes. Yeah, from They Think It's All Over. Little, yeah. little baldy fella. Yeah. Um, there's this thing called outrage attention, and it's it's peculiar to a certain sort of celebrity, former celebrity, who maybe had a little taste of fame a while ago, and then their star has waned. You know, maybe they were on The Apprentice and didn't win. Maybe they were on a sports quiz show. That's no longer on, on the air. And they discover at some point, and I'm not entirely sure what that, that sort of trigger moment is, but at some point, these, these former celebrities who remember fondly when people used to talk about them uh, and pay attention to them and are desperately sad that no one does anymore. At some point, they realize that if they say something outrageous or offensive or that goes against the sort of progressive values that society as a whole has moved towards, they realize that they get a reaction. Mm -hmm. And once they get that reaction, once, <laughs> once they, they get that that buzz of attention again, they start to get high on their own bullshit. Okay. And they, they get addicted to it and they chase stronger and stronger hits of that sort of um, outrageous reactionary content. Um, and so before you know it, you've gone from being comedian on former quiz show to, I don't know, um, calling for acts of violence against someone you don't like on, in publicly on social media um, because that gets you attention from the sort of people that feel the same way as you, as you in that regard, but it also gets you attention from people like me that get really angry and outraged about it. Um, so suddenly you go from being a complete forgotten celebrity to having loads of attention. Like Lee Hurst was trending on Twitter for most of the day yesterday because he, he said something like, the footage of, of Chris Whitty, the chief medical officer, who was harassed by two guys in a park, yeah. a video of which went viral and everyone was outraged because Chris Whitty is like the most gentle soul and has saved countless hundreds of thousands of lives. Should be knighted, should um, be knighted. You yeah. know, and then suddenly there are these two thugs 
throwing their arms around him and he's trying desperately to get away but can't because they are physically stronger than him. Yeah. Uh, everyone was outraged by that. Then Lee Hurst comes along with his little baldy bollock head and posts something like, whatever happened to Chris Whitty wasn't enough. It should have gone further or whatever he wrote. I can't remember. And then everyone's outraged by that. Yeah. But what that's done is it's given him that sort of buzz of attention. And it happens like it, it happened with Lee Hurst. It's happened with Katie Hopkins. It's happened with Lawrence Fox. Like they just, it's just this endless parade of bellends that just realise if they're awful people, they get back that attention they used to have. And then the cycle just, just continues. And it, I don't know what the answer is, but I just know that that the that it annoys me, but also my personal emotional reaction to it annoys me as well. So I I saw Lee Hurst's posts on Twitter and my instant reaction was to, I'm going to screenshot this and then I'm going to write something snarky on Twitter and I'm going to share it and going to go, ooh, look, look how outraged I am. But that's just feeding the machine, isn't it? That's not, yeah. you know. So I'm, I'm pissed off at the whole outrage phenomenon on both sides. I'm pissed off that these celebrities fall into this rabbit hole from which I have yet to see a single one of them escape. They just fall down it and they keep on falling. And then I'm pissed off that I still have that reaction where I want to rail against it. Listeners, what do we do about it? Podcast at impactbiz.co.uk. <laughs> Email us, tell us your ideas. Oh. <laughs> do you know, I went back and I looked. I, I did this so so nobody else has to. I went on YouTube and I looked at some old episodes of They Think It's All Over. Um, and you know, I'm, I'm sure I remember that being funny when I was a kid. Mm. But you watch it back and it's just not funny. Mm. Uh, it's just, or at least Lee Hurst isn't funny. Lee Hurst isn't funny. Because I used to sit him next to, uh, what was his name, the cricketer, David, David Gower, yeah. who's like this tall elegant calm poised individual and just this this angry shaved testicle next to it <laughs> making jokes about being gay or rent boys or it's just god i'm so pleased like society's moved on a lot and, and that's a brilliant thing so let's stop dragging these these awful awful assholes back into the limelight you know, unfortunately, you've just you've just done exactly what you wanted to do by talking about him for five minutes, right? Yeah. So that's it. I mean, we're going to have to tag him in the promo reels for this podcast, <laughs> aren't we? <laughs> Maybe he'll be outraged by us, and that'll give us more uh, more visibility. Awesome, <laughs> awesome. So, despite how businessy we sound. It's not all Filofax's car phones and shoulder pads for me and Chris. Sometimes we like nothing more than closing Lotus 1, 2, 3, putting our Rolodexes back in the cupboard and sticking on some Aswad. So we're trying out a brand new segment on the show this week, and it's this. What's been distracting you from work? Chris, what's brought you joy this week? So I'm, I'm not entirely sure this qualifies for the joy uh, threshold, but... Uh, I, I may have accidentally become a stalker this week. <laughs> so I need to give a little bit of background to this, right? Right. So um, I, I regularly go to the gym and there's a, a good set of friends that I've got now in the gym. Uh, one of them, Justin, um, has just been away on a conference. It's his first work conference 
he works for a company that puts it on a huge congress, uh, the Mobile World Congress in mm, yeah, no. Barcelona. Yeah. But I looked at this situation, and I'm like, I feel a little bit of green-eyed jealousy, frankly, that, you know, he gets to go away on an all-expenses-paid trip to Spain when everybody else this year is scrabbling around with all of these, you know, <laughs> staycation stuff. And so I thought, right, I'm going to have some fun with this, given that he's, he's really into his, his fitness as well. So I put out a, a mock, uh, let's call it appeal for help on Instagram. Uh, and I said, look, you know, Justin is about to be forced to expose his skin to warm sun. And he's gonna be forced to drink free sangria and forced to dance to Bon Jovi. And so, you know, in order to all support him during this difficult time, what we should do is we should do kind of a version of the ice bucket challenge where everybody videos themselves doing some sort of exercise sends it to Justin while he's in this hellhole of Barcelona and get him to do it back, right? And, and you know, there's a group of us all in the gym and I thought this would, be, this would be really funny. I talked to some people to check that it was okay. I talked to Justin to make sure that I wasn't going to embarrass him by doing this. Then the time actually came where I actually had to do one of these videos and I'm like, I'm the only person doing them at this point. So I'm like, all right, fine. I guess I've got to do it. It was my idea, right? So I videoed myself in a quiet corner of the gym, talking into my phone saying, Justin, this is for you. This is going to be a little plank, right? So and then I videoed myself doing a three minute plank. I posted this on social media and I tagged it, you know, and all this different stuff and I, you know, did whatever. Absolute crickets. <laughs> crickets. Nobody kind of responded back. Justin didn't, I don't even think he saw it, frankly. And I sat there going, okay, there is a really fine line between, you know, having a laugh and a joke and being just an outright stalker. And I have passed that threshold. So um, I have not carried on the series. I apologize to everybody unreservedly. I am not a stalker. And that is what has been distracting me from work is whether I'm about to have the police knock on my door, frankly. But Honestly, yeah. I, I don't know what to make of that. I don't know what to make of that story. <laughs> um, I'm a big fan of taking jokes far too far. Right. Like, I'm a big fan of that. I find I find that very funny. I think there's a moment, like Stuart Lee is brilliant at this, where, where he says something funny and then he repeats it over and over again and it stops being funny. And then the longer he repeats it, it starts being funny again. Like I'm, I'm a big fan of that, <laughs> of that style. Of, so I would, yeah, I would commit to that. I would just, I would commit for the next six months to do a video every day. <laughs> every day I've been doing it. Like the only way, the, the only way to not look like a stalker is to, is it's to a really, down. yeah, lean, double down. really yeah. lean into that. <laughs> okay. We well, my, my distraction this week is totally different. Um, and it's, despite having just ranted about people that cause outrage professionally, um, the thing that's brought me joy this week is Clarkson's Farm on Amazon Prime. I've been seeing this stuff, but I haven't actually watched any of it. Do you know what? It's really well done. Okay. It's, like, it's, it's exactly what you'd expect from Jeremy Clarkson. It's exactly the, the persona that he has on Top Gear and the Grand Tour. Um, but at the same time, like... the. It goes back to the punching up and punching down thing. Like Clarkson is at his worst when he's punching down. Mm. When it's Jeremy Clarkson thinking he's being hilarious about some sort of a minority group, it's not funny, mm. right? When it's Clarkson genuinely fighting the other direction, it is funny and it's very entertaining. Um, and across this, I think it's about eight episodes or so, um, 
it's very it's it's silly and it's ridiculous but it's also really interesting and eye-opening about the state of farming in the uk and where it's heading Mm. um and it's like as a as a piece of television it brought me joy and made me think in equal measure i heartily recommend it it's very very entertaining awesome all right yeah i'll check it out check it out Right, well, that's it for this week. Uh, thanks to everyone for listening uh, and for your emails and messages. Keep them coming. Email address is podcast at impactbiz.co.uk. Um, don't forget to subscribe to us on iTunes, Spotify, or whatever your preferred podcast player is. And if you've enjoyed the show, leave us a five star review. It really helps us. Thanks, Chris. Thank you, David. That's all for this week. Thanks for listening. Don't forget to subscribe on iTunes, Spotify, or wherever you get your pods. And we'll be back next week with another episode. Founders Anonymous is an Impact and Fixpec production. <laughs>